The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There is no one like him. Glory to God. We bless the name of God today. We thank him for his word. And we especially thank him for his Holy Spirit. His anointing that removes the burden off of our shoulders and our necks. And it's the same anointing that breaks every yoke. Thank you so much, especially to our worship team, musicians. Good job, Deacon Dave on the drums. Our singers, what we have, of, you know, on hand today. But I like the spirit that Nothing stops the work of God. We're going to go forth. Whether it be many or whether there be few, we're going to go forth in the name of the Lord to give him glory. Hallelujah. And you know, it's just as much God here today than it is when we have all the singers present, all the musicians present. God is still here in all of his awesomeness in all of his power. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, God bless you. Good morning. It's always a joy to come and stand before you to share with you the good word of God. But before I get into the word today, I want to remind you that we have set a tentative date to reopen Agape Word Fellowship for public worship the tentative date is August 1st, first Sunday in August. And we're going to be careful. We're going to follow protocols and we're going to do everything we can to make you safe, to give you a peace of mind. But the best way you can be safe and the best way you can have a peace of mind is to get vaccinated. I don't know how many times I need to remind you the importance of vaccination. You know, we, we believe God. We prayed. And God gave us an answer. And when the answer came, you still have some, even among the people of God, resisting the answer. I was just listening to a report on national news just a few days ago where they interviewed a COVID vaccine resistor. This young man resisted getting the, vac getting the vaccination. He resisted it until his mother died. Then two days later, he decided he was going to go and get vaccinated, and he did. Just this morning, when I was at the gas station, while I was stirring my coffee, I overheard the conversation of a lady who stood not far from me, 
I overheard her conversation on her cell phone. And she was having a conversation with somebody about someone who had just passed and their funeral was going to be today. But she said to them, or maybe the caller said to her, that they were not going to the repast because they hadn't been vaccinated yet. And I'm saying to myself, how can people live that way? How can we continue to live to defy common sense, to defy knowledge? But worse than that, we defy the spirit of God. God has sent us the answer. And it's important that every one of us get vaccinated for maximized safety when we come to when we come back together to worship as a family. It's important, beloved. Don't resist the Spirit of God. Don't continue to live in ignorance and fear. God is not in that. But God has provided us with an answer. And it's up to you. You might say, well, I've, come, I've gone this far without the vaccination. So I'm going to take my chances. Here's the chance you're taking to infect somebody you really love. A loved one, a friend. Or even kill somebody. I don't want to be numbered among the ones who are opposing God. I want to be numbered among the ones who are being grateful to God for the vaccine. The vaccine saves lives. And the Lord said himself, I am come that they may have life and they may have life more abundantly. So, beloved, get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. And that way we can have maximum safety when we come back, when we reconvene our services to know that all of us or most of us have been vaccinated, we'll give you a peace of mind. Amen? Glory to God. Somebody said, well, I'm, I'm tired of Pastor Gerald. He's talking about that, va that vaccine. Well, you weren't tired of me praying for the answer. So don't get tired when the answer comes. I mean, hear what I'm saying. Glory to God. This morning, I'll be reading to you from the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 11. Several weeks ago, I began a series of messages, a series entitled Joy for the Journey. And I talked to you about how joy is our guardrail in life. It keeps us from going off onto the deep end. I also talked to you about how joy is the missing piece in so many people's lives. Then I talked to you about having joy, having joy for the rest of our lives, to finish your course with joy. And today, I, I think this may be the last message in this series, and I'm simply calling this message today, turn your sorrow to joy. Turn your sorrow to joy. In the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 11, Jesus says to his disciples, 
These things have I spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken to you for one express purpose that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Listen to me very carefully. With every sadness and sorrow, we must locate our faith and refuse to allow sorrow and trouble to steal our joy. You got to refuse. The enemy wants to steal your joy. The enemy is a thief. He cometh but for to kill, to, to steal and to destroy. And one of the things he wants to do in order to kill you, it's easier just to steal your joy. But whatever we do, we got to find our faith. And we got to make a decision to refuse to sorrow, to allow sorrow and trouble steal our joy. So when circumstances steal your joy, Metaphorically, it's like running on empty. Some of you experienced that with your automobiles last month during the gasoline shortage here in North Carolina. With the shutting down of the Colonial Pipeline, the Colonial Gas Pipeline, many people were running on empty. And when you're running on empty, there's a sense of anxiety. There's a, a feeling of fear. And you're anxious. You're fearful. Because you don't want to run out. Because if you don't get some gasoline in your automobile, then eventually you will run out. And what happens when you run out? Well, perhaps you witness it. You observed it. Maybe this happened to you. When you were running on empty and you finally run out, you become sad and depressed. Did you hear what I said? Sad and depressed. God don't want his people to be sad. God doesn't want us to be depressed. Neither do God wants us to pretend we're happy. In the face of pain and sorrow. So many people are trying to fake it till they make it. They'll put a smile on their face. But there's a frown in their hearts. Because they are sad. They're experiencing sorrow. They're depressed. But you don't have to pretend. You don't have to pretend. Because God has given us the joy of the Lord. And with the joy of the Lord, you can turn your sorrow into joy that no man or no one or nothing could ever take away from you. This is why Jesus said to his disciples, these things have I spoken unto you 
that my joy may remain in you. We need the joy of the Lord to remain in us, never running on empty in life, but we need to be full of the joy of the Lord. So no matter what we face in these perilous times, no matter what we encounter in the midst of all the turbulence that surround us, Jesus said these words, have I spoken unto you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. When the word of the Lord remains in us, we never run on empty in life. We're always full. Whether there's a smile on our face or not, we know that our hearts are filled with the joy of the Lord. Now please notice from our foundation scripture that Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And he says to his disciples, these things have I spoken unto you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. It begs the question, beloved, what things had Jesus spoken to his disciples? Pay attention. See, this is a problem. Oftentimes, our spiritual attention spans are very short. And Jesus said to his disciples, pay attention to what I've already said to you. And if you pay attention to what I've already said to you, then my joy will remain in you. That your joy may be full. So what had Jesus spoken to his disciples? In the same chapter, John chapter 15, verse 5. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Pay attention to that. You can do nothing. Do you understand what the Lord said to the disciples? And those same words of wisdom apply to you and I in this day and this time. He says, remember this. I am the vine. You are the branch. That's what you are. You're the branches. And if you abide in me and I in you, you'll always bear fruit in your life. And the number one fruit that God wants us to bear in the face of adverse circumstances in the face of perilous times in the face of turbulence that number one fruit that God wants us to bear is the fruit of the spirit called joy I'm the vine you're a branch but the branch has to remain in the vine when the branch is separated from the vine then the branch will no longer be fruitful Jesus is talking about separation. Too many times we separate the reality of who we are in God. We separate the reality that we have the spirit of God in us. We have the life of God in us. We separate that reality. We're to always remember that we are connected to the vine. We as a branch, we're connected to the vine. We live in him. He lives in us. And because of that, we can be fruitful regardless of what we're experiencing, 
regardless of what they do and what they say, regardless of who comes against us, we can always be fruitful. For without me, Jesus said, you can do nothing. If you think about a tree, a tree has branches. But when you cut a branch off of a tree, once that branch is separated from that tree, a slow death is beginning to set in. That branch eventually will die. That branch will not bear fruit. Why? Because that branch has been separated from the life source. It's been separated from the sustenance and the substance and the essence of the tree. What Jesus was telling his disciples, you are made up of the same stuff that I am. You cannot be a branch and not have the same substance, the same essence, and the same character than the tree. This is what Jesus wanted his disciples to remember. When you remember that you're in God, God's in you, you'll always bear fruit regardless of circumstances. Because without him, we can do nothing. Why? Because you'd be dead as a doornail. Just dead as a doornail. Because you've been separated from the vine. You see, fruit is the product of plant growth. And that's a principle in the kingdom of God. God takes us from growth to growth, one degree of glory to another. That's a kingdom principle. In the kingdom of God, we should grow, not shrink. Did you hear what I said? In the kingdom of God, we should blossom, we should bloom, we should bring forth fruit. Because that seed has been sown into us. The same seed of the vine, it's been sown into us. And we have been sprouted up as a branch. And whatever Jesus is, so are you. Come on. Whatever his nature is, so are you. You have the life of God in you. You have his life, his nature, and you have his ability. But without him, you can do nothing. What else did he say to them? In verse 7 of John chapter 15, Jesus said to the disciples, If you abide in me. Now please notice if is a preposition that's conditional. If, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you should ask what you will and it shall be done for you. Is that what he said? And he says, so in this, when you abide in me, In this is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Did you hear that? He says, you got to abide in me. Now, if you abide in me, you see, too many of us decide to lay aside the Lord when times get rough. Huh? Too many of us want to lay our salvation on a shelf during turbulent times. And then we want to go back and pick it up during the good times. No, no, no. He said, if you abide in me, 
and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Because when I grant your request, when I grant your desire, therein is my Father glorified, that you bear forth, bear forth much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. What are you saying, Lord? When you live in the Lord, you're living in a secure place. And when you're living in the Lord, you know that you're going to ask nothing outside of the will of God. You're not going to express a desire outside of God's purpose, plan, and will for your life. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. And for the Lord not to grant your desire, for the Lord not to answer your prayers because you're abiding in him, for the Lord not to answer you would be to deny himself. Did you hear what I said? The Lord cannot deny himself. So if you live in him, he says, and my words are living you, then every desire you have, every request, every meditation in your heart, it's going to be to the glory of my father. For therein is my father glorified that you bring forth much fruit. And that's because you're my disciple. To abide is to dwell. We ought to live in the word. We ought to live in the spirit of God. That's what it means to abide in him. It means to dwell. To abide is to stay. Don't, don't get in the Lord on one day and get out of the Lord on another day. I'm talking about in your consciousness. Huh? Don't be trusting God one day and because things get a little rough, you stop trusting him. No, no, no. He says, keep living in me. He says, stay in me. Stay put. It's to stay in the Lord and to be present. We need to be present in the moment with the Lord. We need to know that we're not alone. We need to know that the Lord is there with us. So abide in me, Jesus said. And my word, abide in you. And you will ask what you will. And it shall be done. Why? Because you're dwelling in me. You're living in me. You stand put in me. You're anchored. You're like a tree planted by the rivers of the waters and you refuse to be moved. You're present with me in the moment. So don't panic. Don't be fearful and afraid. Just know no matter what you're going through, somebody else has been through the same thing. And the same God that brought them out, he'll bring you out if you abide in him. Did you hear what I'm saying? Just stay with him. Be present with him. Live in him. So these are the things Jesus spoke. And he says, if you do these things and remember these things that I've spoken unto you, he says, my joy will remain in you so your joy may be full. Then in John chapter 16, verse 24, Jesus went on to tell his disciples, he says, well, up to now, You've asked nothing in my name, but ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Huh? Glory to God. You know, I talked about the gas, the gasoline crisis earlier. 
And I remember last month, now my wife normally don't let her car get below half a tank. But somehow, my wife let her car get down to like a quarter tank of gas. Then the gasoline shortage hit. But she kept confessing by faith that she was going to find some gas. She went a few places, no gas. But she didn't give up. And of course, she had people praying for her. But she did not give up. She didn't say, well, I'm going to just park this car in the garage, see if this thing blow over, and Jerry, you have to take me wherever I need to go. That wasn't her attitude. Her attitude was, I'm going to find some gasoline. Huh? She never lost her joy. This is what Jesus was saying. Up to now, you've asked nothing in my name. But ask and you shall receive. Because God wants your joy to be full. And you know that feeling you had when you finally got a full tank of gas. Huh? God wants us to feel the same way spiritually. He wants us to know we're not running on empty. We are people running on full. And we're full of the joy of the Lord. I'm talking about Jesus' joy. Glory to God. A lot of people say, I got joy. And the truth is, they only have happiness. But Jesus' joy is complete. Hear me now. It's complete and full. That's Jesus' joy. And Jesus' joy always remains. Now, if you allow it to remain, listen to me, it becomes your joy. This is how it works. First of all, it's Jesus' joy. And he says, I've spoken these things unto you that my joy may remain in you. That's Jesus' joy. And that your joy may be full. His joy becomes your joy. You've never seen Jesus sad a day in his earthly life. You've never seen Jesus mourn or weep except when he wept over Jerusalem. And he was weeping out of compassion for all the lost souls. Jesus wept. But even when he wept, he never lost his joy. Glory to God. But the joy that the Lord gives us, it's complete. It's full. It's joy that isn't diverted. It's joy that isn't distracted. It's joy that can never be interrupted by tests and trials. Hear me now. I'm talking about how to turn your sorrow into joy. But why don't we do this? Why do we have a need to be reminded about joy? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Why did Paul have to remind the Christians at Philippi to rejoice in the Lord and rejoice always? It's because we confuse happiness with joy. Hear me now. We always confuse happiness with joy. There's a difference between happiness and joy. A lot of people, their confession is, I just want to be happy. No, no, you need the joy of the Lord. Huh? Happiness is only temporary. But the joy of the Lord, it remains. The joy of the Lord makes your joy full. You see, understand, beloved, happiness is controlled by the condition of the five physical senses. Hear me now. There's a big difference between happiness and joy. You see, 
We are happy when one of our senses tell us that we're happy. If I can see it. Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net, 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.